Hi, everybody. This is Kathy Craig, and you're here for the Huddle Guide podcast. And we are here in part two of our conversation with Josh Hoosman, the lead pastor of Mercy Road Church, talking about the challenges of disciple making and why it's so important to keep going. That is the hard part of disciple making and discipleship and why most people quit. Yeah. Why most people who are being discipled throw in the towel and why most disciple makers, those of you out there who are pastors or leaders or disciple makers, you're leading huddles, you're leading microchurches uh, that eventually just stop doing it. Yeah. Because it is a, it is, it's sometimes not the time, it's the emotional burden. Mm-hmm. The, the greatest burnout I see with pastors doesn't come from they feel like they're uh, overworked time-wise. They feel like they're emotionally overburdened, that yeah. they can't handle anymore. They can't take it anymore. Yeah. And so that that part is we, we teach something in Discipleship Huddle. Kathy, I'm glad you brought this up. <laughs> Uh, about the rhythms of life yes. in John John 15 about being in the vine he's you know he's the vine and we're the branches and we can't bear fruit without being connected to the vine yeah. and so constantly in communion with with God and hearing from him in our lives and abiding in him and like sometimes we need a little bit of rest and we need yeah. to understand that and then sometimes we're we're rested up and we need to go have a fruitful season of sacrificing for the Lord and recognizing what season you're in and that season is a is a weekly thing having a Sabbath day rest it's it's a monthly thing, escaping occasionally to reorient. But you know, I, I think that when we do that, when we live that way with a healthy rhythm of life, we can actually see a greater impact than we be. We could be marathon runners, not sprinters. But the reason we don't do that uh, because we, I don't, I'm convinced we don't know how to rest well emotionally. Oh yeah. And and so like, here's what I would encourage people out there: if you're getting overwhelmed by the burdens of the world, I give you a specific example. Yeah. Okay, maybe this is a little personality stuff. I, I okay. you know, my wife would say I'm not good with vulnerability and emotions, but, and she's probably right. But uh, a number of years ago, probably oh man, 15 years ago, uh, I was at a college campus, and the university pastor had had me get up and share something. There was a couple thousand uh, college students there, yeah. and then he got up and preached. And at the end of it, he said, "Would you guys pray with people?" They were talking about family issues. Would you pray yeah. with people when college students come forward for prayer? So many hundreds of students came forward for prayer. We were there for praying like two hours after the service. Oh my goodness! And it was so much, just awesome. story after story of of divorce and uh, hurt and pain and suffering and 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 this happened to our family and sin issues and like all this heavy mm. stuff. And we got done, and um, my my wife Lisa, who is so in touch with her emotions. She's like, yes. she's, she just starts crying. She's like, Josh, I mean, this person shared this and this. I just can't believe all of this. Oh my goodness, this is so hard. I don't know how I'm gonna get past this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it was hard. It was hard. You wanna go get some ice cream? <laughs> and she, <laughs> she was like, how could you be thinking of ice cream right now? What is wrong with you? People just surrendered. They just laid it all down. And oh my goodness. But, I, but I've been doing it long enough. Even at that point, I was used to yes. the emotional burden of that and learning how to, to deal with that. And, you know, yeah. part of it, look, I think being in touch with your emotions is a good thing. I, I think that I've hopefully over time become better at being a disciple maker who understands what I'm feeling and what other people are feeling. Yeah. But I also think there's this part of like that emotional burden of learning that I'm not someone's savior. Yes. I can't fix all the problems of the world. 
I, I, I can't stop all the things that are happening with the pandemic or in Afghanistan. I don't, I don't get to personally elect every elected official. Yeah. I have a voice in saying things and we can vocalize and that's very important, I think. But I think we have to know in the end, all I can really do is be faithful yeah. to what God has put before me and what resources I have at hand to make an impact here. Yeah. And if I have an opportunity to make an impact, great. Pray with this person right now. If I can help this person financially, if I can help this person come alongside them, if somebody's in my huddle and I can be there with them and give my time and energy, absolutely. But in the end, knowing that when someone shares something with me, that emotional burden is not mine to bear. Christ bore all of the burdens of the world for me. Man, that's a huge weight off of my shoulders. And I I see a lot of disciple makers carrying around other people's crosses for them. And and that's not our burden to bear. I know we know that, but... I don't know. I just feel like people, it's one thing to say, it's another thing to live. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because I think, tell me if this, if this resonates with you, but I, as I'm going through social media, I do love social media. I love the Instagram. <laughs> I'm more of an Instagram person than a Facebook person. Well, that tells me a lot about you, Kathy. What? What does so that tell many you? Th- oh my goodness. forming right now in oh, my whatever. head. <laughs> <laughs> but there is something of, I think, because we're in, we want to solve all the problems of the world that we actually use social media as like a vomit, you know what I mean? To try yes. to solve problems yes, that actually are not in our control. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Do you want to know my opinion on yes, that? Yes, I do. I, I think that that is such an escape for people yeah. and an easy way out for people. And I see people say things that they would never say to someone's face yep. there. And, and that, that really bothers me because I, I feel like uh, part of us discipling people well is learning how to go to people with hard conversations. I used yeah. to have a friend in California. His name is Jarrett LeMaster. Giving a shout out to Jarrett. Um, there you go, Jared. <laughs> I, uh, he used to say, you got to lean in. Yeah. You got to lean into these hard conversations. Yeah. And we love hard conversations when we get to vocalize what we're upset or frustrated about. We don't like hard conversations when it's just going to be hard to endure and go through. And so leaning into those hard conversations, I think is super, super important. And that includes like in the discipleship huddle, one of the things I've learned, this didn't come naturally to me. uh, Somebody would share something, a problem in their life or something they've gone through, maybe even a sin issue. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh man, yeah, that, that sounds bad. Uh, Let's pray. Okay, next up, who's next? You know, yeah. and, and and rather than getting into and processing that with them, you use the phrase, a friend of mine, Matt Tebby, uh, used the phrase, uh, compassionately curious questions. Yeah. And so we would ask compassionately curious questions. Hey, what, okay, so you shared that when you were having this conversation with uh, someone in your huddle, you, you got really mad and you vocalized all this frustration. Well, why did you feel that way? Let's get to the root of yeah. what the Lord is doing you and teaching you and, and like beginning to ask those questions and not assuming things and, and saying that, that, you know, like forcing on these beliefs to them, but actually getting them to process out loud what they really believe mm-hmm. is part of making uh, disciples. Yes. Absolutely. I, I, I so appreciate you just saying that. And um, because I think we do live in a passive aggressive culture. Yeah. Um, and I, I it's just not healthy. It's not yeah. it's not good for for just our interpersonal relationships, let alone our spiritual relationship with the Lord. You know, I 
And so I think disciple making and being in huddle, it's we kind of unearth that. You learn, you lean into the hard stuff. You have, you will only get out of it what you put into it. Yeah. You have to open up and allow the Lord to begin to process things in your life. The practical steps that we can actually take that are just really clear, just like trying something, just taking the next right step, could actually be a part of the transformation process rather than over spiritualizing it and, you know, expecting God to like do this miracle. But the miracle could actually happen in that next right step. I mean, yeah, yeah, what do yeah. you think about that? Yeah, Is that so crazy? one of the things that we talk about, right? Right, is that you know you have to repent, and then as as you repent, the believing side is beginning to change your actions, yeah. change the way that we live, and most of us just jump right to making the plan of how we're going to fix this problem that we've got with the sin issue in our life, yeah. rather than taking the time to uh, uh, you know really observe and reflect and respond to what it is that's causing this. And then once we begin to make a plan, that we're actually going to act on that plan of how we're going to live differently. Let me get specific, yeah, okay? Yeah, great. Like, let's say that somebody comes in, and I brought it up already, so might as well go there. Okay. Uh, I keep looking at porn. I don't want to look at porn, okay? And so sh what some will do is they'll go, I should stop looking at porn, um, so I'm going to make a plan to stop looking at porn, Yeah. and then you guys are all going to keep me accountable, and then I'm going to come back next week and talk about it. But they never like dug deep into that and said, well, why am I doing this? Okay. Yeah. And then they get down to the, the root of it and it's like, oh, I'm actually feeling the sense of loneliness. And um, um, uh, this is my outlet because I, I don't have somebody the way I want or whatever it is, whatever that thing is, that yeah. escape or that temptation that the enemy uses. Um, it, there Obviously, there's a physical aspect to that, but there's, all, there's a deep-rooted spiritual thing occurring there that you're choosing this sinful action that separates you from God. Yeah. So making a plan will never fix the problem because you don't even really know the why problem yet. You don't know why you're doing this. Right. So getting into that, seeing life change happen. But then others, they love to talk about the why. You will process all day long. You love to sit around and talk about, well, it could be this, and this happened in my, my, uh, my parents, the way they raised me, and this is my childhood, and this is, you know, girlfriend or boyfriend in this situation, and those are all great and helpful. But you'll process that for years. Yeah. And then when it comes to actually living differently, you're like, no, I, 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 don't, I don't want to change. Right. I just want to talk about change. Right. And no, there, there is no way you're ever going to change your actions Without actually changing your actions, yeah. <laughs> at some point, you're going to have to be standing there and deciding, I now know why I'm choosing lust and I'm choosing pornography, and I'm going to choose differently because my identity is found in Christ first yeah. and not in these lies that the enemy has been telling me that I need to be finding my my identity in. Yeah. And, and, and that is, again, part of being a disciple is learning to yeah. actually have your actions follow suit with your faith, yeah. which is all, what the book of James tells us, right? Right. Faith without deeds is dead. Even the demons believe in shudders. So I yeah. can believe something in my head all day long, but if it doesn't, don't trust them with my actions, I don't really believe the way that I think I do. Which is another reason why I think disciple making is essential to what yes. we do as as Christians, as people who follow Christ, like it, that intentionality, because I think the number one root of all the problems that we have is our, we have an identity problem. Yeah. Oh, ab absolutely. Do you think so? Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, the, the world has taught us. I literally was talking about this this morning yeah. um, and with someone I've been talking with. Like, the, the, the world has taught us to find your identity in what you can do. Yep. 
you know, what you can ac- accomplish with your life, the ambitions that you have, what people think about you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then if we're, we're not happy in those things, we escape to things yeah. like drugs and alcohol are the obvious one, but a lot of times sexual lust is in that category. Food is in that category. Achievement. Find, uh, yeah. We find our escapes of yeah. how to avoid the problems of the world. And, and like, it's all because we're worried about what people are going to say about us or think about us, or we're worried about accomplishing this next thing. And those are the same temptations that Jesus had yes. in Luke chapter four, when he's tempted by Satan in the wilderness, yep. and the same exact temptations. And so for us to understand the way that Jesus got through that, he found his identity in, John, in Luke three, when he was baptized and is the father says with Today, our, I am I'm I'm the Father, and, and and with you, I am well pleased. Yeah, that our Father, our spiritual Father, is well pleased with us, be, not because of our own actions, but because of the work of Christ. Yes. So when our identity is found in Christ and Christ alone, then we can, you know, we we can actually see God begin to use our lives. So yeah. we're on a little preaching seminar no, there, I but I think it. that's super important for disciple making. Yes. Oh my goodness. I, I do too. I mean, and I think it's just, I think it's slowing things down so that you could see that you were made in the image of God, mm, yeah. first of all, and then you are covered by Jesus yep. because you are loved so profoundly. Amen. And when we embrace that, we surrender everything and just embrace that, it's profound what what happens, but we don't slow down to actually process that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and all that I just shared about that identity in the Luke 3 and 4, like that Francis Schaeffer, um, yeah. who had an incredible story, was a Harvard professor and gave it all up to go uh, minister to mentally handicapped children in mm-hmm. Toronto, Canada many, many years ago. He wrote a very short book, it's 90-some pages, called In the Name of Jesus. Yeah. And uh, it's all about uh, that finding identity in Christ yeah. and not those temptations of the world. But yeah, the, man, I, I think that's super important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's the hardest thing for us to do. And therefore, probably because of that, it's the most important thing that we do in our in our faith journey. And I am so proud to um, and I know proud is like a weird word, but I do. I have this this pride of like, oh, this is what we champion here. Yeah. And yeah. not just at Mercy Road, we we just want to be in that conversation of of oh, championing yeah. this in for the kingdom wherever. And it's cool because it's it's beginning to happen yeah. all over the country and other churches and even locally. Yeah. And it's been really neat and like pro like I'm I'm constantly now going like what what are you guys doing? And like learning yeah. from others too and like learning from one another about how to make disciples is probably the most important research we could do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we're being faithful, and we say like this is this is a way to do it. It's not the only right. way, right? Yeah, totally. Right, we're super yeah. like conscientious of that because there's so many great great things that God is doing through you know different ways of of modeling discipleship. Uh, absolutely, but uh, you know one of the things again why I'm so passionate about it. Yes, it's the Great Commission, but it's it's also like we see all these problems and burdens of the world that we were talking about, right? Yeah. Like marriage is failing. We see drug addiction. We see uh, sexual addiction. We see uh, all kinds of problems with uh, in- integrity and yeah. business and government and everything like that. And we we love to see all the problems of the world. And, and look, I, I'm all for if you're struggling with financial stewardship, going to Crown Financial or Dave yep. Ramsey or any of the financial courses. If you're struggling in your marriage, go to the Significant Marriage Seminar. It's great, significantmarriage.com. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, going to any marriage seminar that's totally. biblically based and like growing in your marriage and all of that. 
But the primary way to address all of these issues is actually to make disciples. Yeah. Because if we taught people how to actually hear from the Lord in their life, and they, you actually could pray and hear from God and change your actions, you could read scripture and, and understand it and hear from the Lord and change your, change your actions, it means when your marriage is struggling and you go to God, he's going to give you the best advice that you could ever get from any counselor. Yeah. He is the wonderful counselor. Yes. And he is the mighty God who has the power and the authority to change and heal your marriage. Yeah. If you're struggling with addiction, you need to get in a support group. You need to go to Christian counseling. You need to, to do the steps. You need to do all of that stuff. Yeah. But it, it, I believe as a Christian, and that's the whole AA thing, right? The higher yeah. power started as a Christian thing, like hearing from like having that relationship from the Lord and hearing from him in the process, if we're making disciples. We will see fewer and fewer of these issues happening in our culture and society. Yes. And just the passionate pursuit of creating and investing in disciple making. I mean, it's it's the thing that I when I interviewed here and when as I've grown here on staff and yeah. um, been a part of what's happening at Mercy Road, I feel like we are so we that is that's what we're about. Yeah. It's what we do. It's 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 the thing that that we really point everyone to. Um, but there's also challenges in it. And mm. we've talked a little bit about some of the challenges. But what do you see as like some some major like challenges that in disciple making? Oh, yeah. The, the biggest challenge in general is giving up. Yeah. You know, because when when you go and uh, speak somewhere as a follower of Jesus. And, you know, you may have times where you get patted on the back for that. Yeah. If you go and you do a short-term, a small group at a church or lead it a short-term thing, uh, you'll get people coming through and leaving and they'll be so happy about it. A lot of times when you're leading a huddle, you're having really hard conversations with people. When you're really discipling people well, yeah. you're having hard conversations. It can be emotionally burdening. It takes a lot of time and energy, and it takes a lot of prioritizing in your life and in your schedule, especially like we've got three kids. Yep. We, you know, we're in a season where we got different stages of kids too, so like sports and ac academics and oh, all yeah. the activities. And it's like so easy to come up with excuses for why I don't want to do this because attending a worship service for the most part, it's not very burdensome, yeah. right? I mean, you might have to listen to somebody drain on while they're preaching, <laughs> but other than that, like it, it could be engaging. You could connect with God. It's very, it can be self-focused, even yeah. though that's not the intent of it in a, in the huddle. It, it's hard to be self-focused. And so that hard work, the, the hardest thing I see out there is people quit. Yeah. They just stop. And they're like, and then they'll make excuses like this. And if this is you, I love you. Yes. You're not a bad person. You're not, you're, you know, you may be going to heaven and all that stuff. You may be a better human being than I am. But a lot of times we quit way too easily. We make excuses like, I'm just not good at that. Yeah. I'm not a natural teacher. I'm not that type of person who's going to lead a huddle. I don't yeah. feel equipped. That's always the big one. I don't feel equipped. I don't feel confident that I could do this. Yeah. And, and I'm like, what human being should ever feel equipped or confident yeah. in doing this? You're not going to be good at disciple-making. You'll be arrogant. Yes. You'll think you have all the answers. Our answers don't come from us. They come from God. Yeah. So, and, and getting people to read his word and understand him in, in his word. And I, I get, if you don't have answers to all the scriptures, it's okay. Like You can just tell people, look, I'll, I'll do some research next week, and hopefully yeah. I'll come back and have an answer. And if I don't, it's okay. You may be smarter than me, and you can go out and find the answers, right? Yeah. Like, 
But if we're pointing people to God and doing that hard work of life-on-life disciple-making, that it means that we don't have the answers He does. And so, yes, you need some equipping and training, but if you've been discipled before, then you've at least seen this. We actually have this humongous, amazing huddle guide. If you're anywhere in the world, you need to get a hold of Kathy Craig's Disciple-Making Huddle Guide. It is amazing. It goes uh, week by week, day by day of how to actually lead a huddle. And so you can do it and you are more, like you're too equipped now. I'm like, if you walk through every page of that book, it would be the 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 most uh, robust uh, huddle I've ever been in. Oh my goodness. So you have plenty of equipping now in Multiply Indiana. I just found out, I think there's like 21 churches that we've planted yeah. now. And like, they, they're not all doing discipleship huddles, but they've got different ways of doing discipleship. So I yeah. feel like there are a lot of churches we're already connected to. And then I have friends all over the country that are beginning to ask more questions like this. So I, I, I'm pumped because I think it's a much needed resource. Yeah. Um, but the other reason that I think I'm most excited about the end goal, what you said, yeah. is th- that if we're going to, we have this big vision of, we call it, we have four movement maker statements. And the last one of them is the greater movement. We want to see a million people come to Christ in our state. Yep. And that's never going to happen from one church or even one family of churches. It's yeah. going to be com- coming from reaching people for Christ, discipling them into passionate relationships with Christ, with Jesus, and then sending them out yeah. to make other disciples, whether that's in our local level through our huddles and outposts that we do here at Mercy Road, or whether that's through church planting and sending people out, or whether it's just simply through, we disciple somebody for a few years and we get to send them to a church three hours away that yeah. they begin to live on mission and showing people in that church. How to, like that's that is the greater vision. We want to see a million people. Indiana, there's less than 7 million people in the whole state, by yeah. the way, if you're not from here. Some <laughs> of your cities are bigger than the whole state of Indiana. And that's why we love it here in Indiana, so don't move here because it's fantastic. <laughs> Just joking. Uh, but, you know, we uh, we have this insane goal because we could never accomplish it on our own. Yeah. It would have to be a disciple-making movement for it to occur. Because when you look at exponential growth by discipleship, the mathematics of that are phenomenal. Yeah. Because you have, you know, you know, two becomes uh, four, or eight, or ten, or sixteen, and twenty. Before you know it, you got hundreds, and it becomes thousands, and it becomes tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions. So you can actually go to marchforamillion.com. Yeah. Marchforamillion.com, and if you're in the state of Indiana, at least you can sign up for how many people, how many disciples you want to make with your life. Yeah. And our goal is to get a a million disciples made in the state of Indiana. The last I checked, we were getting close to a hundred thousand um, commitments so uh, for cool. disciple making. So it's it's. It's really cool. I'm yeah. excited. Um, but yeah, that's that's the end goal is we want to see this bigger movement. I say, you know, I believe that uh, when churches only have a, a vision for addition, mm-hmm. how to grow their church and become bigger, uh, that it's a small vision. Yeah. Like if if we became the biggest church in the state of Indiana and, and we had 50,000 people or, or 100,000 people attending our church, we would still never reach our goal of reaching a million disciples for Christ. Yeah. Right? And I, I, I use the analogy of we don't want to be the great oak uh, the largest living organism in the world, according to mass, some of you might say it's the blue whale. You would be wrong. It's not the blue whale. It's not even the redwood. It is the aspen tree. Aspen trees in Colorado can grow to 5,000 square miles of forest that operate as one living organism. Yeah. The tree roots plant new trees and the tree seeds plant new trees. Aspen trees can be 5,000 square miles. Have you ever watched the movie Avatar? Yes. And you know those trees that could think and everything. Uh-huh. Like the whole concept, James Cameron, the director's yeah. wife, was a big fan 
of aspen trees in Colorado because, of course, they had a home out there, I'm sure. Yeah. And so, like, that to me is a better picture of the kingdom of God, the chaotic nature of quickly replicating and multiplying and sending. And, yeah. and, and that's what disciple making looks like. If we had the fertile soil of making disciples, we yeah. actually could reach a million people for Christ in our state yeah. by the year 2050. And so that's why this is important to me and the emphasis on it. Yeah. The Great Commission teaches it, and it's why we need to live it out. Amen. Amen. I love that. I love that. And I I hope and want to encourage, I mean, that's what this whole podcast is about. It's to encourage, empower, equip as you are walking along and making disciples and even thinking about that, that um, you could know the vision so that you could know that it's worth it. Like this is what, this is what we do. This is what, what Jesus gave to us to do and we can do it. And we, as a church, as the kingdom, we just want to provide all the help and all the resources and be in this learning process with you and know that you're not alone and that we are cheering you on. We're in it ourselves. Yes. And I, can I just say, yeah. and this is what I love about you as a natural born teacher, you are so good at it. Uh, th- believe it or not, leading a discipleship huddle does not come natural to me. Yeah. Like group dynamics like that, I don't do well with. Um, I, I've had to learn how to do it, yes. but you are so good at it. And you, in such a short time, I really think God wired you for this job, <laughs> but not just this job, like this ministry calling Yeah, because you're, you're good at all of it. Like the, the life on life, disciple making, the teaching aspect of it, all of it. So I'm just, I'm pumped because I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to the podcast and getting the resources as well. Okay. You ready for quick fire? No, but let's do it. We don't want to get sappy here. Okay, here we go. <laughs> all right. Now, these are just quick answers, Josh. Okay. You feel me on this? Yeah. You don't want me to go on a long tirade about it. No, you don't need to do that. But I mean, if you really want to. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. Maybe it's between two ferns. I don't know. We'll see where this goes. Okay. I don't watch that show. I'm a Christian. (laughs) (laughs) Good to know. Some of you might watch between two ferns and totally understand what that is. And if you don't, that's okay too. Okay. Here we go. Fill in the blank. Okay. Disciples, discipleship is the main calling of a Christian. Mm. I kept that super short. I could go on. Yeah, but I was I'm like, stop. oh, are we? Is that the period at the end of the sentence? Yeah, I didn't uh, know if yes, that was a period yes, or like the a great commission. It's the main mission we're called to. Amen. Okay. Amen. When you are tired or depleted, what gives you energy? Oh man. Uh, well, sleep. Okay. But uh, if we're taking sleep out of it. Um, honestly, uh, prayer, believe it or not, does help me like heal a little bit and calm myself down and all that. Uh, but I would say I do other things. Like I like to get away activities, do things for me. Sometimes it'll be like resting and watching TV shows, but sometimes more often is like, let's go out into nature. Let's go out and play sports, like activities that get my mind off of that stuff. That is like rest to me for sure. That's cool. And as a family, are you guys still playing tennis? I know you were playing tennis this summer. Yeah, I hadn't played tennis in forever. I played a very short time in college and I got back into it because my oldest son, Jake, is into tennis. And so like, yeah, I've been playing a lot. And then Lisa will tell you, I don't know if you know this, little inside Uh -uh. scoop, I was diagnosed with OCD in like eighth grade. Yeah. So I had a very mild version. Eighth grade, it was pretty bad. But like I get, a, I will get obsessed about it. So Lisa would tell you I've been obsessed about tennis. That's been like my thing for like the last year. <laughs> Before that, I got into this running phase. Yeah. And like I get into different phases. But yes, tennis has like been a great escape for me. I love it. And yeah. I love seeing the pictures of Jake just like 
in these matches and like going through the highs and the lows of of playing tennis. I think it's it's great, and I love watching that journey. And I love Jake. Yeah, oh, you know, thank you. you know that Jake like cracks me up more than any Hoosman. <laughs> um, although all the Hoosmans are hysterical. Um, okay, if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go right now? Right now. Right now. Oh, that's a way harder question right now. Yeah, right now. The pandemic going on and all that kind of stuff. Right? I know. You got to cut uh, through all I am things. going to say, well, I, uh, um, uh, Tahiti. Tahiti? Is that, is that an answer? It <laughs> like is right an answer. Now, I'm like, yeah, I'd love to go to the Tahiti, lay at the, the beach, go get one of those houses over the water. Yeah, with just that walk out. retreat center. Yeah. yeah. Lisa and I could just go there. Just oh, that chill. would be amazing. Most of the time, I would have said like Italy yeah. or, uh, I don't know, Australia or some, uh, I would love to go to Israel. I've yeah. never been to Jerusalem. Oh my goodness. So that's always been at the top of the list. Yeah. Right now. It's on mine too. I don't know if it's at the top, but it's 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 right it's there. up there. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I no, mad respect. I got that. Okay. Who is the most influential person in your life? And you can't say Jesus. I can? No, you can't. Well, that's wrong. Sorry. I think this is a discipleship podcast. It is, but um, we all know think. that. That's a given. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, the biggest impact in my life. I'm gonna say my wife. Yeah. Okay, because like for soon to be 15 years, I will have processed so many things with her and that's yeah. who I would go to. Yeah. If I was going to go beyond, because Jesus is the easy one, wife is always the second easiest one, I'm going to say probably Glenn Gunderson. And yeah, tell us Many more. of the staff around here hear me mention Glenn all the time. Yeah. And Glenn and I um, are very similar in some ways, but we lead very differently. Yeah. Um, he moves like a turtle. He'd be the first to tell you that. And he's so <laughs> good at like hearing people and understanding people and facilitating, getting people to work together. I was never wired like that. Um, and I'm more like, let's do it. Let's do it yeah. now. Let's go. And But he had given me so many biblical leadership principles. And when I am have something really going on, I'll yeah. give him a call for sure. That's so cool. Um, yes. So I Glenn feel, can I, can I be real with you for a second? I, did, I didn't mean to say, sound bad about Glenn either, about moving like a turtle. I no. moved too fast. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, there there is a nice in between. Yes, yes. Josh yes. doesn't always operate yeah. on that in between. He's a go getter. Um, but we love it. At yeah, the same yeah. time, I'm super jealous because I have not met Glenn, and I feel like I know him. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, I know yeah, yeah. like I came on staff, and then the pandemic happened, and all these things. But yeah, I'm yeah. just letting you know. That I want to meet Glenn because I feel oh, like yeah. he's we'll the have coolest. to do that. Well, shout out to Glenn Gunderson. Yeah, Glenn. But yeah, let's he's go. coming back. Uh, he usually preaches at the Carmel Church okay. once a year, but yes, with the pandemic, he hasn't been. But he is yeah. coming back in 2022. Excellent. Yes, I can't wait. Okay, that's good. I can't wait. Here we go. And it sounds like we're all going to meet Glenn Gunderson. Yeah, no, just you. Just me. Okay. No one else is going to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so awkward. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, what is a common misconception a lot of people have about you? Oh, about me. Uh, you know what? This one is kind of easy. Okay. So here's here's this interesting thing. When Lisa and I and Jake was already born, when we moved here to plant the church, uh, nobody knew us. And my wife yeah. is from California. I was originally from a small town in Indiana, but my whole adult life had been in Southern California. Yeah. And so, like, I'd try and get a coffee with somebody. I couldn't even get an email back or a phone call or anything. And, like, yeah. we just started reaching unchurched people, and 
began to see like this stuff happen. And we tried to do church a little differently by emphasizing our outposts living on mission in the community and eventually our discipleship huddles and intentional disciple making and all of that kind of stuff, giving away 50% of the total giving one day of of the church and trying to live differently, right? And when we were doing all of that and it began to work, the church, all of a sudden it started growing and these things were, I never intended... Like when I moved here, I did not think what has happened in the last, we're coming up on 10 years of the launch of the church. I never thought any of this stuff would happen. Yeah. And I don't have one of those personalities that I ever wanted to be a mega church pastor. I'm just not wired like that. Mm -hmm. I don't like a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And so like the managing the large leadership system, all that kind of stuff. Like I just want to reach people for Christ and see people. And, And so like the expectations and the mis like understandings, I will get people sometimes to get back to your original question, yeah. who will be like assuming things about me or about what I believe because they've attended a Mercy Road church yeah. or they've had this experience. I don't, and I haven't, I've never even met the person and I've never even talked to them about the subject, but assuming things, and it's it's really hard. Like I was yeah. always. Like I don't I don't know why you would think that about me. Why would you think that? And yeah. it's like, well, you're filling in the blanks because, you know, the church is bigger than it used to be. So yeah. I don't know everybody, and that's hard. Yeah, that is the hardest thing and the biggest frustration I have. Period in my job, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that you had the opportunity to say that, like here and whoever's listening, only because I, I know we're growing so much, and I know it's not we don't take pride in that. It's no. really we are just like. Yeah thankful to be a part of what God is doing and whatever happens, we're just, we're in it. We're just Amen. being faithful. Boast in the Lord, right? Yeah. Like just going, man, it's so cool to see God work because with all the lack of hope in the world, to yes. see him work sometimes, it's it's powerful. Yeah. 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 And I just love the vision of here that, um, you know, we're not about the celebrity culture. We really do. You hear a variety of voices and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that we we are about empowering and equipping the saints, and it's Amen. we're just that's all we want to do. Yeah. So one of the things we say for about multiplication, true multiplication for us, is when we believe God can use someone else as much as He can use us. Yeah, other people may define it that way, and that's fine. But like doing video venues for churches and all of that, there's nothing wrong with that. But for us, that's not real multiplication because yeah. we haven't trust that someone else could God could raise someone else up to be a preacher or a worship leader or so we do everything in teams yeah. because we don't want to build it around personalities. Yep. Totally. Yeah. Not that there are, I mean, yeah, we, we got some crazy personalities here, but it's, I, th- I see us more as family. Like we're just family <laughs> where some of us are a little more extroverted. Some of us are a little more introverted, but we, we are, we're the body of Christ and we just want to love people. Amen. Right. Amen. That's yeah, good. Absolutely. Thanks. Yep. Okay. Okay. What are you grateful for right now? Uh, what am I uh, right now? I am grateful. I'm in this season where I'm realizing that my oldest one is in seventh grade. Yeah, we get less than six years, and he's off to college. So, like, <laughs> that's crazy to think about. Yeah. For you know, you know how it is. Yeah. you get older, and you still feel like you're the same age you were 15 years ago, and you're yeah. not. So, uh, you know, I look at it as I'm so grateful for my wife and kids, yeah. and being able to have these moments with my family because I know that eventually they're going to be gone and all the things that have annoyed me for so many years, uh, you know, I'm going to realize, Oh man, I didn't make the most of that time because I miss them like crazy now. And so like coming to, I'm so in a season of gratefulness for my family for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. I think some people forget that like 
you have a family. I have a family. <laughs> we all have fam- we all have people that, you know, we yeah. care for and love and are, you know, helping raise and they're raising us in some ways and it's it's yeah, yeah. pretty beautiful. You and, just sent one to college. Oh, I, I don't want to talk about it, man. <laughs> Woo, was it harder oh, than you thought? Yeah. For me, did, did, I'm living, wait, wait, wait. Did you oh, cry? Was there tears? Of course, of course. Oh, you, you do. You cry. I mean, the day was beautiful that we it was hot, but it was beautiful. And um we just enjoyed the day. Wow. And Jesse was there and all the things. Um, but at I'm the gonna same be time, honest, I could see Steve crying before you maybe oh. I bet he there was some yeah. Please don't even get me started. <laughs> I think he <laughs> Listen, I'm living my best life right now because I love just being like, you know, I love being the fun mom. Like, <laughs> and Steve's the fun dad. You guys, Steve got- is the fun dad, but Steve is like, I sometimes, and I hope no one takes offense to this, but I do. I call him the momager. Like, he really does take care of all the things in the uh, house, and so he uh, loves doing that. And so, yeah. I think it's going to be harder on him in some ways. I think it is, but yes, yeah, so you know, it's also beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. man, that's going to be hard. Yeah. I'm going I'm to cry like a baby for sure. When Ooh. that comes. No, I'm not going to ask this question. I was no, gonna, go ahead. This is no say, holds barred. Who do what? you think, like, when you when you take all three of your kids to college, who do you think you'll boo-hoo the most over? And not oh, that that goodness. means that you love them more. That's not what it is. But there's sometimes, like, this, like... I just process it in my head yeah. right now, and I have an answer. Yeah. Uh, I love all my kids the same. Yep. Uh, they're all created in the image of God, and Amen. I love them dearly, and I'm so thankful for each of them. I first thought, well, shoot, Jet's going to be the last one, so that's going to be super hard, or youngest yeah. one. Oh, my goodness, that's going to be super hard. But then I was like, oh, wait, Jake's the oldest. That's going to be the first one, yeah. and like, that was your first time you held a kid in your hands. I was like, that's going to be super hard. But the answer is Jenna, my daughter, yes. because I'm like, there is something about uh, – I spend a lot of time with my boys and all their activities and sports, and, and I love them to death, yeah. and I love my daughter. But is there's, there's something different about a daughter and knowing that I can't be – there to protect her that yeah i don't know what i'm gonna do yeah <laughs> like, totally I mean, that's gonna be the hard part it has to do with i can't protect her like yeah. what's this gonna be like uh and i i i have that personality profile that's the protector so yeah. that's gonna be super hard for me yeah for i think that's exactly how steve feels right now oh. with dropping alex off but and yeah. i will probably i for me when i when we dropped alex off last week it was like watching myself, you know, like yeah, kind of yeah, go on yeah. this adventure and I'm like, go girl, you know, but <laughs> you were thinking about all the fun she's going to have. I know yeah. I was, I was like, yeah. look at all the things that you're going to discover. And you know, oh, like it's good. just such a great phase of life. But at the same time, I know it was really hard <laughs> and we'll see, we'll see, you know, she's, yeah. it's all, it's what, it's what we do. We raise them to Send release them, them. just yep. like we do with disciples of Jesus. 